Well, praise the Lord. Are you glad you're in church? Let's stand up together tonight. God has a word for us. And um, actually, this word started brewing in me about a month ago. And, um, and then my husband asked me if I was ready to share a series. So I'm going to start a series tonight on the margin of error. Everybody say the margin, the margin. of error. And uh, I believe that God is going to teach us over these next few weeks uh, how to shut the door. Actually, the word came to me in the very beginning in Revelations. God opens a door no man can shut and he shuts a door no man can open. But man has the right to open a door to the enemy and let him in and not maybe not even know he's there. So we're going to talk about that, talk about some other things. Would you pick up your Bibles and let's make our confession tonight. You can repeat after me. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, it's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. You can be seated. Kim, I see you over there. It's so good to have you here tonight. Give Kim. She's a visitor. Is that your husband? What's your name? Patrick. Kim and Patrick. This is Pam Thal's assistant in Mary Kay. Everybody give her a hand. Hallelujah. How many other visitors do we have here tonight? Anybody? Over here? Over here? Yeah, we'll give you a hand too. We're glad you're here. <laughs> you know, um, God is good and he makes a plan and a purpose for everybody. Um, my husband over here is enjoying a little book somebody got him on uh, stories to the pastor. You know, he always has to read one. Did you have a favorite you want me to read before I start, honey? I don't know. They're all good. Yeah. You want to read one since you like to do this? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I was, yeah, it's a Dear Pastor uh, book. Dear Pastor, I really liked your sermon today, especially when you finished. <laughs> dear, pa <laughs> dear pastor, I know God loves everybody, but he never met my sister. <laughs> well, now he'll be telling those for a long time to come. People send him emails now. He has the best time. Uh, you know, God loves us, but God also wants us to learn from his word and be in a position where we can be strong in the Lord, our faith can be in him. And, and I believe we're living in a world where that's, um, it's a, a test for all of us. How many of you believe you've been tested in your faith over this last year? And we see this, uh, you know, my husband and I have seen it for quite a while. And since we came out of a background, uh, which some people call the word of faith, we just call it knowing the Bible, because uh, the Bible is all about faith, faith in God. The, it says the just shall live by faith. So, you know, when people get upset about the word of faith message, I think, well, that's what the word says, that the just shall live by faith. And uh, so I, I want to talk to you tonight in this first part of this message on the margin of error um, out of Jude chapter three. And uh, I, I was talking to Megan today just a little bit. Um, I don't know how long ago it was the Lord spoke to me. And it was in the middle of the night. I woke up and I heard this. Watch out for trending. Well, I didn't even know what trending was. And, uh, of course, you know, all the young people knew what trending was. I look at Twitter, but I didn't know it was trending. I just knew it was Twitter. And so there would be different things on there. And, and I wondered what God meant about it because how many of you know there's things going on all the time? And, uh, and, and I felt like God finally showed me, watch out for what's trending in the world's eyes. Know what's trending in the spirit. 
know what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. You know, the voice of the Lord is easy to hear for Christians. It says in John 10 that we hear the voice of the good shepherd. And it also says that we will not follow another voice. It doesn't say we won't hear another voice, but it does say we won't follow it. And I think as we grow in the word of God in our lives, at least I have over the years in my understanding the word, but also in hearing from the Lord. Um, when I was a young mom, I was a single mom for, for a few years in my life. And uh, I know right after I was saved, I depended on people more than I depended on God. Have any of you ever been in that position? And so in that time when I was a single mom, um, I really didn't have anybody to talk to because God kind of separated me for about three years. And uh, I didn't date anybody. I didn't go out to do anything. I took care of my children. I worked and uh, I had a little church. I went to out in Tulsa. God separated me totally from my family. I moved from here to Tulsa and uh, with my three children. And so I really didn't have anybody to talk to. I mean, I had three children, but how many of you know, that's not really good adult conversation, especially when they're 10 and eight, you know, and they're not a whole lot of help and 12. And, uh, and so I would talk to the Lord every, I mean, I just talked to the Lord like he was right there with me. And so, um, I remember when I came back from that time in Tulsa and, and I would say, you know, the Lord just told me the other day and people would look at me like, yeah, sure. The Lord just told you, uh, the Lord does speak to us. It may not be an, an audible voice. I don't even think I could say that I've ever heard an audible voice, but I know when I know that I heard God speak to me. How many of you are like that in this room? We should all be that way because God is speaking continually to his people. And uh, when I heard this word, it was June 16th and, uh, and I was praying in the park and I just heard this, the margin of error is narrow, the margin of error is narrowing. And the scripture I heard was in Matthew, where it says, I think it's Matthew seven, where it talks about how the, the road is wide, but then it gets narrower. And, and, and so as what I felt like God showed me was as we're walking toward the rapture of the churches, we're walking toward end times. Um, we're going to have to come more and more in line with the word of God in order to not be in a position where we're going to find ourselves uh, maybe in a ditch. And it's going to be um, a very close line between light and darkness. Uh, and there's, there's going to be a time where we can make a choice to really stay in the light or maybe go out of the light just a little bit, but we're not clear in the darkness. But in that place is a place where the enemy can come and bring deception. Everybody say deception. And I really felt that that was uh, the word that God began to really quicken to me was deception. And um, I was praying about the timing of this message. And my husband said this last week, we've been preaching together on Wednesday nights. He said, would you uh, be ready to preach that? that series. And, uh, I said, yeah, I, th I think it's about time for me to teach that. And he's going to, of course, be sharing on the end times in September, uh, for a whole month. And, uh, when I went to get the mail here in the office, there was an, a letter from Sharon Doherty. Now they, they, Billy Joe and Sharon were our pastors in Tulsa for years. And, and pastor Billy Joe went on to heaven, but Sharon has pastored that church. It's a church of about 15,000 out in Tulsa. And, um, her letter is all about deception. Everybody say deception. And, uh, and, and I've other people that I respect, other people that I've heard from um, in, in phone conversations, in uh, correspondence, in magazines. Um, 
I believe they're all saying to the church, you better wake up. Because we are in an opportune time for the enemy to come through an open door that we don't even know is open. And we have got to get that door closed. And I appreciate your message because that's, that's exactly what I was saying. And I don't know how many of you were here Sunday, but my husband preached. And, uh, and he was sharing, you know, on how uh, we're living in a time where we have to live by faith. But we have to be aware of what's going on around us. And we're going to have to make a choice. Everybody say make a choice. And this week we received Decision Magazine from Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. Now, I like that magazine. And my husband said, you need to read this. And basically he said, cowards are overcomers standing strong. And you won't stand strong and I won't stand strong unless we are confident in what the word says and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. We have that opportunity every day to make that choice. And so um, as I was reading Sharon's letter, it says we have to be on guard. We don't want to unwittingly give Satan an opening, which really bore witness with what I had heard. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he trends the same thing. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't confused. The Holy Spirit uh, is the third person of the Trinity. He's not an it. It's a, you know, person. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that God put on the inside of every believer to be that helper, it says in John 14. It also says, as my husband said on Sunday in John 16, he's the one that reveals to us what God is saying in the situation and right for the time we're living in. You know, we can know the word of God and thank God for the, for the Logos word of God, but the rhema word of God is that word you need for the situation that you're in. And so I believe that this is a timely message. I believe that even in my life and in the lives of people who've walked with God a long time. None of us are exempt from being in a place where we could be deceived. It says in Matthew 24 that even the elect in the last days are going to be in a position where they could be deceived. And so I want to give you some scriptures tonight. If you'd turn with me to Jude 3, we're going to look at Jude 3 and Jude 20 and 23. And I asked them to hand out the outline because I think it's important in this series that you have these scriptures to look at. And uh, about a, maybe eight months ago, I felt like the Lord impressed on me that I needed to be reading Second Timothy, and I know Second Timothy three says we're living in perilous times. I know that scripture. It says men will become lovers of pleasure, m- lovers of self, more than lovers of God. It doesn't say we won't love God. It just says we will love these things more. And I don't know if you were here when Pastor Bill preached on the about the Fourth of July and about our country, about the original intent. But he talked about hedonism, which is just simply people loving pleasure. And I think if anything, we have to be extremely careful. Not that we don't have fun in this church. We have fun. How many of you know we have fun here? But um, I felt like God said to me even yesterday, "This is not a party boat. It's a power boat." And the church needs to be aware of the hour that we're living in because we are going to need this power to overcome what we're going to face. And so I don't want anybody to be deceived, but I felt like the Lord said to me, you've moved to Jude. We have moved to Jude. (laughs) In this nation, we have moved from second Timothy. We have moved to Jude. Now, right after Jude is revelations. And so, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know when Jesus is coming. Only thing I know is in 1979, he said to me, don't be concerned about when I'm coming, be ready when I get there. 
and be doing what I told you to do. So that's where my focus is. That's where our focus is in this church, that we equip people to be ready for what God's going to do. But it says in Jude 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to all the saints. Everybody say, contend earnestly. Now, that indicates that there's going to be um, a battle or, or something that we're going to have to do in this situation. It says in verse 20 and 23, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save from fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. In other words, no matter what kind of awful thing that they're into, get a hold of them and get them out. Do you get that? Get a hold of them and get them out. And um, I have always, uh, you know, I've been with Pastor Bill. We've been married 33 years. We've been in ministry 32. I mean, I worked in the church. He went to Bible school. And then we stayed in the, in the church. We've worked in the church. Um, I've always been his helpmate. I enjoy helping him do whatever it is that God asked him to do. Uh, he's really fun. He really is fun, even though you've seen us up here. And he tells you he thinks he's funny. He isn't always as funny as he thinks, but he is fun. And, uh, and so over the years, um, I was just kind of like there to make him help happen, whatever he was going to do. And then there became a season where God began to speak to me. You're going to have to step up to the plate with him. Now, not just alongside him, but up to the plate with him and be able to, to, take the position that he has really not just we he called us co-pastors i always said i'm just your helper but i believe god's asking all believers to step up into a position where they operate in the authority and dominion that god has given them and so over time um you know that's that's what we've done we we had to become a team and sometimes i had to do things that he did and sometimes he would take care of things that i did but we did it as a team and we did it with more anointing to than we did apart, I believe, in this church. And so I believe for this season that we're in right now, for every one of you, everyone needs to step up and begin to contend earnestly for the faith. That what that means is, you know, it says in Hebrews 11, 1, faith comes by hearing, or not, not that's uh, Romans 10, 17, I'm sorry. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, everybody say evidence, of things not yet seen. And uh, in my life, I believe in other believers' lives, we are beginning to contend for those things that we have seen for a long time, and they're about to manifest. And the enemy is doing everything he can to stop that manifestation that God wants to bring about. But we're going to have to contend. And as I looked at that, it says to argue or state something in a strong and definite way to strive or vie in contest or rivalry against difficulties. Could I see the hands of everybody who maybe has had a difficulty in the in a last few days? <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, you know, when we got that word at Christmas that we were... Um, going to go through a time of, of correction, mid-course correction for multiplication. How many of you like the word multiplication? Love it, love it. How many of you like the word uh, correction? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't like that word. I I'd, I'd also don't care for the words controversy, conflict, 
confrontation. (laughs) None of those are my favorite. In fact, working alongside Pastor Bill, those were always the things he took care of. You know, I am the love and let me help you and let me guide you. Let me teach you. But conflict, confrontation, controversy, that could be under his job description. Hallelujah. How many of you know it's, that's a good description for him, but I didn't want that on my side. But about a year ago, God did begin to speak to me. You're going to have to begin to be a voice and it will bring controversy. It will bring conflict and it will bring a place where you're going to have to stand in the midst of those situations and speak what I tell you to speak, regardless of what people think or say. How many of you know that's important? You know, we want to be liked. How Anybody in here just wish nobody liked them? (laughs) Everybody in here wants people to like them. But, you know, when you get into a confrontation with the enemy, then we have to begin to contend for the faith. And uh, the enemy loves to distract. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, in the Amplified, we have the Amplified up there tonight. Uh, We are not wrestling. Everybody say wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. How many of you have a few physical opponents? Uh, you know, the enemy works through people just like God works through people. And, uh, and the thing that God taught me way back was ask to see them through my eyes so that you'll have compassion not to kill them. Not to want to strangle them, not to want to tell them, leave the church. I don't care. You know, you can't minister to hurting people unless you have compassion because hurting people hurt people. Hurting people say and do things. Uh, People who are caught up in things and deceived. You know, we've got to be in that position where we can contend with the word of God. But but against the despair against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Now, God is the ruler of the whole world. It says in Psalm 24 that he owns the whole earth and everything in it. Turn to your neighbor and say, he owns you. Now, you may not have given him your heart, but he created you and you are his. Now, we get to make the choice if we spend eternity with him or we say no thanks and and we take the other destination. But these master spirits, the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural sphere. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the two different kingdoms that are in this world. It even says it in the Hallelujah Chorus, the kingdoms of this earth, the kingdoms of this world, and the kingdoms of our Christ. And so there are, there are two different kingdoms, and we better know which one we're living in and stay in the one that God appointed us to. Actually, it says he's placed us in that place. And so there's a contest. Everybody say there's a contest. And so it says we wrestle. Wrestle means to struggle to move, deal with, or control something, to combat an opposing tendency or force. Um, I was reading in, in this letter from uh, Pastor Sharon, and it says that there's many people who um, don't even want to believe that there is an enemy. They don't even want to talk about the enemy. When I was raised, and I was raised in church, but I wasn't raised in a full gospel setting, and, and nobody really talked about the enemy. And so what, what do you need to be saved from? I mean, why get saved? Why? become saved or why receive salvation if you don't have to get saved from something and so there was really no salvation message I didn't know that I was in trouble 
uh, nobody ever talked about the devil. In the world today, uh, everything is, let's just do whatever feels good for everybody, and let's all be happy, and there's no wrong or right. And it's becoming more and more not just prevalent, but people are really opposing anything that says there is a wrong or right. And so before long, deception, everybody say deception, will not even be recognized because they're not even going to have a standard to measure it by. Does that make sense? And so um, when I was looking at this deception in Genesis 3, of course, from the very beginning, and these were God's kids. So, you know, if you're here today and you're thinking, I don't know about my kids. Well, you know, God had to. And, and, you know, things didn't go quite the way he planned. And we're still battling those forces today because of those choices. But in that situation, it says in um, Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Everybody say, that's the enemy. That's the devil. That's these, these master spirit. This talking about the main one here. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree. How many of you know you should never talk to the devil? You command the devil. You don't visit with him. But he loves to chat it up. Uh, what is that book called? The Chatterbox that you read uh, by Stephen Furtick. He, he loves to chat it up. And he's chatting Eve up here. And the serpent said, um, it goes on. She said, now, we can't eat of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. Because God said, did she say God said? Is that what that says? She said, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. You will not die. How many of you know the devil hates the word of God? And he will always refute the word of God. And so it says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Is that true? They went from only knowing good to knowing good and evil. And you know what happens when you know good and evil? You have to make a choice. Turn to your name and say, you have to make a choice. Now, now... We have to make a choice. Before then, there was no choice to be made. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate, and she also gave it to her husband. Now, um, I know that everybody says Eve did it, but there is a command that Adam was supposed to be guarding the garden. So what was the serpent doing in there anyway? So both of them failed in this test the uh, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and it goes on and talks about how god rescued them and covered them but then it says in verse 13 the woman the lord god said to the woman what is this you have done and the woman said the serpent deceived me and i ate now deception deception is supposed to be when you don't know what's the right thing to do uh, and or you do know what's the right thing to do, and you don't do it, okay? It Later in Scripture, it talks about the deception of Eve. You know why she was deceived? Because she knew what to do. Did we not read it? Did she not say, God said, and then did she not do what she knew she wasn't supposed to do? Yeah. She, she deceived herself. Everybody say deceived herself. James talks about how when we get in a position where we don't 
listened to the truth and she compromised the truth of the word of God. If you'll look at that, especially in the Amplified, can you go there to James one uh, twenty two? When we compromise the truth of God, we open the door. Everybody say, open the door for the enemy to make a place. And this is what it says. Be doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listening to it or listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. What did Eve do? She reasoned contrary to the truth. Did she know the truth? But she reasoned away the truth and did what she knew she wasn't supposed to do. Everybody say deception. Now, um, <clears throat> both my husband and I recently have had opportunities over the last year to talk with people who we know know the truth. But yet they have begun to reason with their reasoning. Uh, in one situation, the person said, well, you know, we really don't need to go to church all the time because we have such a firm foundation in the word. How many of you know that's, that's opening a door? And I'll tell you who's going to come right in. And it won't be, at first, you know, it can even be uh, on the way to destruction, which deception takes you to. It can be, well, we're, we're this, this weekend, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to stay home and worship as a family. Because we're so strong in our foundation in the word. I don't believe we're living in a day where we can begin to do that because there are deceptive spirits. Everybody say deceptive spirits. They've been there from the garden. I mean, we just read the, the account of it, but they definitely have intensified in the day that we're living in. And when we begin to just take, it doesn't have to be a evil thing. It just has to be reasoning. Everybody say reasoning contrary to truth. Everybody say that reasoning contrary to truth. And, uh, and as I've been studying all of this, um, I like for everybody to be happy and be excited and, um, not have to continually say, um, remember the, what was that, that it was an old, old musical. We got trouble begins with T ends with E. We got trouble right here in river city, the music man. Thank you, Bill. The music man himself. Uh, well, we have trouble. Everybody say, we have trouble. But as, as, as a pastor, as a person responsible for the lives of people, uh, we have to inform the church. Uh, we need to get our eyes open. Uh, we have an opponent who has risen up and is coming from every direction against the truth of the word of God. And I think that's what basically Franklin Graham is saying that there's many churches who are just going on and, and don't want to act like anything's going wrong. You know, um, I felt like God said to me, if you don't teach them the real thing, they'll never know the counterfeit counterfeit or counterfeit. They'll never know the counterfeit. That's the way they teach people to know a real 50 from a fake 50. Uh, and, and so I want everybody in this church to be aware. We have an adversary. Everybody say we have an adversary, but the Bible says, if we, if we listen to the word of God, listen to the Holy spirit that we always overcome. Everybody say, we always overcome. Um, I just recently uh, was listening to, a, 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 actually myself, to a teaching um, and reading a, a book. 
um, it's amazing to me how the enemy is so subtle. He always goes after what is the real thing coming. And how many of you have heard the message of grace taught many, many ways? But in some of the messages that I've heard recently on grace, there's a real fine line. Everybody say a real fine line between it, you know, going to an extreme versus staying on track with the word of God. We see that in all things that come, you know, they swing this way and then they swing that way. But what is God going to use most of all in these last days to get people delivered? I believe is the grace of God, his unmerited favor, his power. But you know what? The grace of God isn't going to operate through people and through situations that people begin to experience encounter it's not going to happen if we're living with one foot over here and one foot over here because the power everybody say a power boat a power boat we're to be a power boat we can't be one minute over here and one minute over here and we cannot get people set free if we're living with one foot in the enemy's territory and the other foot trying to be in god's territory everybody say deception that is a deception that is a deception. And so, thank God we're saved by grace. It says saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So, I love grace. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't experience grace. But then grace is a, not a license to continue a lifestyle that is not in agreement with the Word of God. And that is where then deception, everybody say deception comes in and then when we get in that position where we need to see people rescued we won't have any power to get the job done and it's going to be the church i believe in these last days it's going to rise up to do what god has said in in matthew 24 4 where jesus talks about what will be the signs of the end times he says in in, in that verse 4 jesus said take heed that no one deceives you and he's talking about the counsel of men no matter what package it comes in and whether you hear it from me or you hear it from Joel Osteen or you hear it from Stephen Furtick or you hear it from whoever it is that you listen to every one of us are accountable to know the word of God and to hear what the spirit of God is saying and to judge everybody say judge the word that we hear to see if it lines up with the truth of the word of God. And so that's why in this church in the fall, we will start victory Bible Institute again here in this church, because we are at a critical time where people need to know the word. Everybody say, know the word. If you don't have the word as the plumb line of what you can judge and gauge things by, then we'll slip away so easily. How many of you have had that happen in your life? I've had it happen. The other day I was looking at my life and I thought, you know, I used to be a little more radical than I am now. Things used to, um, I would be more quick to say, we're not doing that. And I hear in, in young people, I hear it in older people. So it's not a generation thing. Well, you know, it's not that it's, just, it's not that bad. It, it's just, you know, everybody is doing it, doing that. But for me, when I hear that, it's like this thing screams on the inside of me. They're going to slip. They're going to fall. They're going to be lost. They're going to slide into this place that the enemy's got because it's on so many fronts. It's not just major things like I'm going to go out and get drunk tonight. No, it's not like that. It's like, well, you know, even Jesus drank wine. 
you know, now I'm not the one who judges whether you should drink wine or not. I mean, I tried one wine once and got such a bad headache. I thought I was going to have a stroke and I was young and it scared me so bad. I never drank again, but you know, some people, they drink That's I'm not saying you shouldn't drink, but I am telling you, like my husband said in that one message he preached, you're, you're having a drink and somebody else having a drink, that drink that they have may turn them into an alcoholic just like that. And we're the body of Christ. Everybody say the body of Christ. And so we're, we're going to have to find out from the Lord. Everybody say, find out from the Lord what it is we need to do in our life so that our life is truly on track and we are not being deceived, not even for a little bit, not for a little bit. And maybe, you know, I am becoming radical if I am, praise God. Because I'm back where I used to be. I mean, when, I, when we lived in Tulsa, those eight years we lived there, I became so sensitive to the Holy Spirit from the time when I was by myself with the Lord and all through those years uh, surrounded. I mean, we worked 24-7 in the church. It wasn't just Sunday, Wednesday. I mean, it was 24-7. Pastor Billy Joe was doing something, and we were doing it with him. And um, I became so sensitive that if I would even watch the news the news, and they would tell a story where somebody was hurt or something happened, I I would have to leave the room because I would just become, I mean, that would just make my heart break and I would weep. And, and, and because I was sensitive, everybody say sensitive. I believe we're going to have to become that sensitive to the Holy spirit right now in the day we're living in so that we're, if we're in the wrong place, we get out of that place. If we're doing the wrong thing, we recognize it immediately and say, you know what? I used to be able to do that, but I can't anymore because deception, everybody say deception is right around the corner. It says in Proverbs, um, I happened to be reading Proverbs when I got this word and it talked a lot about a self-confident fool and an uncompromisingly righteous person. And the comparisons were just over and over and over. How many of you have read Proverbs? And, and it talks about the fool. And then it talks about the righteous. And I would read over and over and over. And I, I want us to look at Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, 6 and 7, and 10 and 12. And uh, you can see by the outline, I've got a few more things, but don't worry, I can get through it. Or if I don't, I'll finish it next week. But it says in uh, Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, we're going to look at the Amplified. That's the Bible I'm reading through this year. So that's the, the one that I was reading at the time. Do you have that back there? He who willfully, everybody say willfully, willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man, seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. Now, um, when, when Pastor Bill was sharing on Sunday, we were talking about that self-confidence that where people have become so self, uh, they, they're almost self-righteous, that everything is about self. And so let's read the next verse. A self-confident fool has no delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions and himself. And it says in, in 2 Timothy 3, in the last days, men will be lovers of self. When it talks about lovers of pleasure, it also says lovers of self. And most of the things that we're seeing now in our nation, uh, they've happened in other nations. We've traveled the world. We've been in, in Europe. We've been in Russia. We've been in Mexico. We've been in South America. You know, in other parts of the world, a lot of the things that are going on in America right now have already been going on there. But in America, we have a we have a different calling. 
America has a calling. The people in this nation who have been raised up by God in this nation, we have a calling. Everybody say a calling. And, and that calling has to come out of our innermost being, not because you hear us preach on Sunday, but because you've got it in your heart and I've got it in my heart. And we begin to live out that calling. A self-confident fool has no delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions and himself. Let's look at six and seven. A self-confident fool's lips bring contention and his mouth invites a beating. (laughs) Well, you know, we can't do that, but that's what a self-confident fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to himself. Deception turns people into a self-confident fool because everything in their opinion, everybody say opinion. Once you're deceived, you are giving opinions. Everybody say opinions. If you stay as an uncompromisingly righteous person, then you're giving God's command. There's a difference. Everybody say there's a difference. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is God's command has power and the opinions of a self-confident fool have nothing. All they have attached to it is destruction. And so we need to be in that position of being that uncompromisingly righteous person. In 10 and 12 of Proverbs, that same chapter, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Everybody say a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, that does not mean you do everything right. I would not be on the platform tonight preaching if that was the condition because none of us do it right all the time. How many of you have made a mistake at least once this week? We're, we're not talking about people who make mistakes. We all make mistakes. This is consistently righteous. That means that we consistently put ourselves aside and put God first. We put the truth of the word ahead of what we feel or what we see. And in right standing God, run into it, runs into this strong tower. Everybody say strong tower. And is safe, high above evil and strong. How many want to live there? I'm going to live there. Hallelujah. That's where we have to live, especially in the day we're living in. James 4, 6 says that um, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That is not somebody who walks around with their head down and says, I'm just nothing. That is someone who has total confidence in God and not in themselves. And that is a, that's the walk of humility that, that is talked about in James. Um, you know, I, I was counseling not very long ago with someone and they said oh you know I just it was a situation with some people and and they felt like they had to choose sides and they said oh I just can't choose sides and something on the inside of me just was like like you know like wrong answer um how many of you've ever felt that you're just talking with somebody and you hear this like that like a buzzer went off and said not right and, um, and, and so I began to ask God about that. And in the word of God, in Deuteronomy 30, Moses said uh, that God said, I set before you life and death. They're set before you. Choose life. Everybody say, choose life. Deception is death. Deception is death. Uh, the end of deception is destruction. 
We have seen it time and time in the 30-some years we've been pastoring. Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said to the children of Israel, Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so um, I believe that we, in the day we're living in, have to make that choice every day. Not just on the day we get saved. But every single day we have to make that choice. And um, I've had to make some pretty hard calls on some things in recent days. But when you choose righteousness, when you choose what God says, then you are on the Lord's side. I forget who it was. Who was it, honey, that said, I'm not nearly as concerned that we're on the, the, uh, that God is on our side. I'm sorry. Abraham Lincoln was asked by one of his cabinet members, aren't you glad or don't you believe that God is on our side during the Civil War? And Abraham Lincoln said, that I'm not concerned about. I am concerned, are we on God's side? Yeah. God is always on your side. He is always on your side. Uh, you know, I've, and it, it's, it'll be in this teaching, but God began to speak to me about how he is always, he is always there and he always loves us. He always loves us. He is always with us. And nobody's heart is more broken when we miss it and get into a bad place than God's. That's why he gave us repentance. That's why he said, just repent, come back to me and I'll help you and I'll, I'll get it right. How many of you know God can turn things that are wrong into right? Thank God for that. But we have to be aware. Everybody say aware. When something is wrong. And if we don't know it's wrong, then we continue in that place. Then, you know, we, we're going to have to walk out the circumstances and situations. I, I love this scripture. It's Psalm 124. And it's, it's the children of Israel. And they're talking about the Lord. And it says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped our help. Everybody say, my help is in the name of the Lord, yes, who made heaven and earth. Um, you know, when you choose Jesus, you have chosen help. You have chosen the one who can deliver you from evil. He can deliver you by the power and the anointing that is through the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And I was, First um, Peter 5, 8 and 9 says that, um, that we need to walk with humility and, and, then we can stand in a position where we cast our care. Everybody say, cast our care. This message is not to make you be fearful. It's to cause us to become aware. And I know this about the Word of God in my life. Um, when I spend time every day with the Lord, which I have that blessing because of our position. We're pastors. I can go every morning and spend two or three hours in the Word. A lot of you work. Maybe you're not able to do that. But but when uh, my husband decided to do the, the Sudan and, and help with the Sudan, and I had to step into the full role of just pastoring and, and preaching every Sunday and Wednesday, I began to go every day over to the park and pray and seek God. 
And uh, I thank God he always would help me. Every week he would, he would tell me what to preach. He would show me. He would direct me. He would give me the scriptures. And, and I began to hear his voice. And I knew he was on my side <laughs> because I knew I couldn't do what he was giving me to do if he had not been on my side. But in that place, uh, I could cast the care of the situation because I didn't see myself being able to do it. I saw him calling me to do it through his ability and not mine. So I could cast the care. And it goes on in that scripture and it says that the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say, I'm a candidate. (laughs) Now you may not like that, but you are a candidate. If you're in this earth and you're a Christian, the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. He is not looking for those who are not walking with him. He's looking for those that are. And so as we begin to walk this, this faith walk that it says to contend earnestly for, uh, Paul said that he has fought the fight. Everybody say fought the fight. Now that doesn't say he just, you know, skip through all those books you read that Paul wrote. You know, it was not an easy walk many times. He had to fight the fight of, fought the fight of, but he finished the race. And he finished it strong. He finished it in the power of God. Ephesians 1, 17, 23. You know, Eve wanted her eyes opened. Uh, but I pray that all of us will have our eyes open for what we're about to experience. Uh, and the things that we're going to walk through. You, you know, I know a lot of the people, what's trending in the prophetic world is we are in the end of the end days. That is what is trending. That is what is being said by everybody Uh, I don't know what day it will be, but I know what the word of God says. And it says that we are going to go through pressures. We are going to go through trials. We are going to go through situations. But this is what it says in in, uh, James. It says, don't say you're tempted by God. Know what the word says. God does not tempt. Everybody say God does not tempt. It says in James that we are tempted when we're pulled away by our own lust, our own desires. That's when deception finds its open door. And it doesn't matter whether it's a spiritual thing or a natural thing. Deception can come quickly. We saw that in Tulsa in our Bible school. It didn't have to be uh, a natural thing, uh, just a natural man just doing wrong things. It could be a spiritual thing and be out of the timing of God and end up in a total deception. And the end of that was we lost a gift. We lost a gift that God was raising up for the body of Christ that never made it across the finish line because they got deceived. They got first is discouragement. You know, those steps that the progression of that, and then they become depressed and then they become deceived. And then they, then they end up in destruction before the end of the, of the process till the devil gets done in Ephesians one. This is a prayer. God had me pray. And I would ask all of you to begin to pray it over your life. This was in 1979 when I was by myself with my three children. And one night, uh, I was reading in the Bible and I was reading through a, a It was an actual Bible reading plan, but I was in this part of the scripture. And uh, in this Bible, it says a prayer for spiritual wisdom. But I read this and I felt like the Lord said, you need to pray this over your life every day. Everybody, Everybody say every day. You know, when the word of God is working in your life, you may not even know it. But you'll come to a place where you'll look back and say, oh, my goodness, 
look, I, I have revelation that I never had before. I have understanding that I didn't have. And so I begin to pray this. It says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, this is Paul writing, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this was what I would pray, that the Lord, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm making it personal. This is how I prayed it, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I would know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward me, that I am a believer according to the working of his mighty power. Now, that mighty power is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us because he also gave me Ephesians 3 to pray about the love of God and that I would have that understanding. If you will begin to pray the word of God, pray for revelation and knowledge. Everybody say revelation and knowledge and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. See, Eve wanted to her eyes to be opened to know what the devil tried to temper with tempt her with which was good and evil do you know that temptation came to her and it wasn't god it was the enemy and she gave into it and she found out what good and evil were well the word works everybody say the word works when you do what god says and you begin to ask him to reveal to you what is truth you begin to ask him to open your eyes he will open your eyes so that you will know what to do it says in second timothy three thirteen. Uh, and I believe, you know, that this is exactly this message, why we're preaching this message. Everybody say deception brings destruction. The last, the last thing the enemy wants is for you to be effective. I mean, you know, even if you slide into heaven saved, just, you know, the, the least amount of damage that you can do he's looking for and if he can deceive you and get you off of truth everybody say off the truth and begin to reason according to what you want according to what you think you need uh then you'll find yourself in this position but it says in three uh oh i'm in ephesians no wonder that doesn't look right excuse me let me get where i'm supposed to be um if he can get you in that position where you're like that then you're going to be in a place where the enemy is going to try to take you out. And it says in 13, but you must continue in the things, or that's 14, but evil men and imposters, everybody say evil men, evil. imposters. Do you know how you're going to know if you've met an imposter? Only if you know the real thing. You will not know an imposter unless you know the real thing. Because it runs so close. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, well, you know, we need to, we just need to, to respect diversity. Diversity is not accepting sin. That's not diversity. And so, so that can become deception. Everybody say deception. And now we experience that in, in where we're at. It says, there will be evil men, imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Then you really have a problem. They're deceiving and they're being deceived. We have people deceiving and we have people being deceived. But it says, this is the antidote. But you must, everybody say, I must, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which you are able to make which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Everybody say faith. faith. Which is faith in who? Christ Jesus. Um, it's not over till it's over. 
they used to say it's not over till the fat lady sings. But, you know, uh, it's not over till you see Jesus. There's plenty of time for us to do what God's given us to do. But we're going to have to walk in those things that we know and be ready to fight a fight. Everybody say fight a fight. Fight a fight of faith. And I pray that that you really will consider um, praying that prayer for revelation, praying that prayer for knowledge and understanding that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to truth. Because if you remember the scripture we said earlier in James 1.22, that hearing, you know, we can hear the word, but if we don't become doers of the word, then we end up deceiving ourselves. And it says, by reasoning against the truth. Everybody say the truth. The word of God is truth. If we live the word, we will be blessed. If we don't, we won't. It's just that simple. Amen. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for every person that's here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that that you are a God who prepares your people for what you're going to do. And I don't believe, Lord, that the fight we're going to fight, it's a fight of faith. It's simply believing that you are who you say you are. You will do what you say you will do. But as we keep our lives on track with what you're telling us, that we will see you be mighty, powerful, that we as, as believers, thanks be unto God who causes us to be victorious. Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That is who we are as believers. And I thank you in this house, every person that's here tonight, you may be here and you've never really given your heart to Jesus. There is a choice that we all make every day for decisions that we have to make, but there's no greater choice that any man or woman can make than saying, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to give Jesus my heart. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that you believe in your heart and confess him with your mouth, you will be saved. What that means is you will be saved from destruction. You will never never ever spend your life in eternity as you purpose to keep Jesus the Lord of your life and walk down that path that he has set before you and you will not have to do it he will do it through you he will strengthen you he will help you he will lead you he will guide you but we have to make that choice we can't just hope it'll happen we have to choose Jesus and if you're here tonight and you've never ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and maybe you've received him and you've walked away and said well I've kind of been doing it my way and it's not it's not working and I, and I want to turn this thing around I want, I want to become that person that God called me and created me to be if that's you either one of those uh, things tonight you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life or you're coming back if that's you would you just lift your hand because we want to pray with you before you leave we don't want you to leave here I see your hand anybody else Holy Spirit I thank you that nobody will leave here tonight without knowing Jesus is Lord we hope this message encouraged you Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. 
I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.